Welcome to the Next Step Podcast with Jay. And Brad. Wait. Wait. I'm Brad. I'm Jay. I'm an All act. Right. All right. My name is Brad. And I'm Jay. I'm an act. And we have a special guest for news this week. Hi, I'm Lexi. Hey, Lexi. Jay's My beautiful wife. wife. Lexi, your podcast uh, was off the hizzy, as they say on the streets. I know. It's because everyone loves me. <laughs> a lot of people commented. were like, oh, really? Yeah, I saw that when you posted on Instagram and I did. Uh-huh. We're like, oh, my gosh, your wife. You just say love really good. Well, good. I'm pretty cool, so... <laughs> wow, coming in humble tonight. Yeah. Our uh, step talk this week will probably be on humility. Oh, yeah. Perfect, that's just what I needed to hear. Um, so what, let's start with the surf report, Jay. How was the surf this week? The surf this week has been off the easy, as Brad said. No, really, it's been super good today. Got some great surfing. Went down to churches in San Clemente. Scored, uh, you know, two to three foot waves that were just rifling in right. Offshore winds, still nice and sunny. Water's not too cold yet. Definitely murky. We got a lot of rain here in Southern California, which we need. And that keeps a lot of the germaphobe surfers out of the water. And not me and Brad, because we were there for how long today? A long time. Like three hours? It's so cool because we surf in like the gross oh, water. Okay. okay, let's. Okay, let's do we really need a guest news person, Jake. Yeah, Sorry. let's let's get another person <laughs> in. Let's get her off this podcast. How's it going to look the rest of the week? The surf uh, is no, so good. Okay, let week. me do the talking. <laughs> Um, tomorrow says uh, or no, tomorrow is actually dying down a little bit, one to three. Uh, Thursday's picking back up with a new west-northwest swell builds in. Small northwest wind swell, deep AM tides, slow for breaks early. And then Friday, same thing, two to three. Saturday, so it looks like about two to three throughout the whole week besides okay. tomorrow. Water temp, what's water temp? Water temp tomorrow. Southern California. Southern California is going to be, I mean, let's see what it was today. Is act, what? I'll be out there in my one piece without a wetsuit. <laughs> Get out of here. It's 62 to 64 degrees. Air is quite cold, 58 degrees. Yeah, that's uh, the rest of the country is below freezing probably right now. Yeah, so we're stoked. <laughs> I think I got sunburn on my face today. So uh, covering it up, where do you think last week's, besides the United States of America, top country that uh, downloaded our podcast? Where do you think, Lex? Um, I said a country, but I was wrong earlier to you. Canada. I said it was wrong. You'll never guess this one unless you cheat. Germany. Nope. Nope. Uh, I have no idea. Cuba. Vietnam. Oh. No way. Hey, can you believe that? U.S. and Vietnam. We appreciate all you guys who are tuning in, guys and girls that are tuning in to listen to us. Thanks for listening to me. <laughs> and my wife is extremely <laughs> humble. Yeah. Uh, and uh, bes- uh, look at that. Hanoi, Vietnam. It's, it's the top city that listened to our podcast last wow. week. So to you in Hanoi, Vietnam. You're awesome. Thank you. However you keep say listening. that in Vietnamese. Yeah, keep listening. And uh, that's awesome. So um, I want to ask you guys a question. Um, there's been some photos floating around the internet about uh, overdoses. And this one shocked me when you had the husband and wife dead in their minivan with their kids in the backseat. Horrible. And a few other shots of just people dead in their car so this news article is called viral for those of you listening nbcnews.com viral photos of drug overdose victims victims expose pitfalls in fighting addiction 
And then it's got all these pictures. I mean, this first one that Brad's talking about. Police in East Liverpool, Ohio, released an image of a couple overdosed in front seat while their son is in the back seat of their car. So my question, Jay, for you, we're not on Asiatic, but would that have changed your mindset when you were faking your addiction? Yeah, towards the end of my addiction, um, I watched more and more. Um, I started randomly at night because I'm just sitting there isolating, watching uh, documentaries. I started watching more and more documentaries about the pitfalls of addiction, believe it or not, even though I was an addict and claiming I wasn't, and I, even though I was using consistently. And I started watching this one where this guy couldn't stop and he had the kids and he ended up on the street. And I remember specifically right before me and Lexi split up and everything hit the fan, uh, going to bed after I watched that, like going, I need to stop. And I remember telling Lexi, like, I need to quit. And I just remember like having this, like, I just have to stop or I'm gonna die. I'm gonna, I'm gonna die. My kids are gonna wake up one morning and their dad's gonna be dead. But however, this disease is so intense that after that very next morning I woke up so because you're detoxing when you sleep right from the amount of pills i was taking i went right for my pill bottle like no matter if, so no and the and sense as much as i wish they would i was at a level of my disease maybe in the beginning if i saw these you know my first month you know if maybe if you reached out for help because you can't when you're on certain drugs you can't do it your own you need to go to a detox yeah yeah maybe for sure yeah motivated. medically detox so you don't die from some of the I mean, this there's images of this guy hanging out of his car. Lexi, didn't you just see someone in our own community? When was that? I a couple. Did. I about I called the police um, probably like a month ago. I was driving down to just like a, the store where I get where my at? hair product in, in Dana Goon- Point. In Dana Point. And they were right off PCH, clearly where everyone could see him. The chick's feet were literally in PCH. So it was a couple. Like the street, yeah. There was just a couple there. They and they were not like on moving. the sidewalk. Who were they? Yes, on the sidewalk. Their feet were in PCH, the street, PCH, which is Pacific Coast Pacific Highway, Coast Highway which dead is dead or just passed out? Um, OD'd probably. I believe they OD'd. They looked dead. They weren't removing at all. Oh, and wow. so I called, and the police um, had said that someone had already called and that they were on their way over there. And then by the time that I drove up the street, they were gone. Hmm. So. Well, look, let's Crazy. move on to something a little more lighthearted. I saw Brother Flowers this week. Brother Flowers? Who's Brother Flowers? Lead singer of the Killers, Brandon Flowers. Oh. So Julie and I went to uh, Jimmy Kimmel <laughs> Live, and we were, the list of, you know, you'd sign up for tickets months, months in advance, and the list of, of uh, celebrities who were supposed to be there weren't that exciting, but then when we got, it took us a long time to get in. Once we got in, they announced it, and I won't remember everyone, but Julia Roberts, Brandon Flowers. Um, Julia Roberts? Julia Roberts yeah. was there. Hello, she's huge. But and they didn't tell you that. Bono. Oh. No, they didn't announce it because it was special. It hasn't even aired yet. It'll, oh, okay. uh, it'll air uh, Wednesday, here? Tuesday or yeah. Wednesday of Thanksgiving week. Sweet. So it's their red, and Bono was there, and they sang a song with the Killers that you'll be released then. Um but it got me, Julie and I were talking after, like, hey, Brother Flowers, is he still active? Like, what's the yeah. deal? He was on I the I'm a Mormon the videos. Said, yeah, he was Mormon. And there's always, you know, when you have a celebrity, it's always like. Wait, he was on what videos? Say that again? You know, the uh, I'm a Mormon videos? Oh, he's on one of those? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm a recording artist. I'm a dad. I'm this. I'm a, I'm a, I'm okay. a Mormon. Cool. So uh, I pulled up a, re- a it's been a couple years ago, but uh, in the Daily Beast, an interview with Brandon Flowers. And I thought a couple of them were interesting regarding our topics we talked about is when he talked about uh, his dad joining the church. He said, my dad converted to Mormonism when I was six. He smoked and drank. My dad was an alcoholic. His dad was an alcoholic. And I saw him turn his life around. It 
had a big impact on me. So as I got older and was coming of age, I came to the same realization of, I don't know if I want that in my fridge. I don't know if I want that stuff around. My dad became a better person when he stopped doing all that stuff. So it was a big lesson for me. And then he talks about, you know, the teenage years of experimenting and also when his band really blew up that he, he, uh, he did imbibe and probably had a, a, a problem. But then he said, when he stopped smoking and drinking, instantly his show started getting better. He sang better. And then he says, he adds sobriety. The more you're more yourself and you're more wholesome. I believe in God. And so believe, I believe in the way that he, I believe that's the way he intended us to be, which is being sober. Wow. What do you think of that? The world, it's just crazy. Cause it, like if you live, that's so cool to hear because so many people in the world that are successful because they have success and they don't have to worry about where they're getting their next meal and their money. They, they like, it's the exact opposite. Like they don't give any of it to God. Yeah. They, they're, they think creationist is crazy. They think being wholesome is crazy. They think, well, what's the problem with drugs? And I go, I'm successful. Right. And uh, particularly in that world creative. of rock star video, yeah. it's a, a rock star life. That's, it's, that is rock. You use rock, sex, and drugs, and like rock and roll, like right? Lame, it's all together. It's not like he's a lame band. Like, the oh, Killers amazing. is like... We were in high school. Oh, yeah. like high school, time. they were like, that was the biggest band around. Right. So I uh, I think it's great. And, and there's it, this article went on, which I think is really cool even more so. This was after Romney lost the election <laughs> uh, a couple of years ago. And it said Mormonism came under attack during when uh, Romney was running. Yeah. And... And it said that it left a sour taste in Flowers' mouth. Why do you think that is, Lexi? Why do you think Brandon Flowers had a sour taste in it after they brought up Mormonism? I have no idea because he was Mormon. Because he didn't think Mitt Romney did a good job of Of being ambassador of the church. He said his answers weren't great, speaking of uh, Romney. And it made it even worse. It seemed like he was hiding something. But there's really, this is Brandon Flowers said, there's really nothing to hide. You can find out what you need to. It's all out there. So Brandon Flowers was like, man, you had this stage. You had a national. I'm just a rock star. And then star. the debates, they talked. They asked him about Mormonism. Yeah. And he kind of just danced around he it. He kind of danced around it. And he was saying, look, you had this massive stage, big, bigger than probably anyone's had in, in a few generations. And Brandon Flowers, the rock star, thinks Romney kind of blew it. Uh-huh. Um, and he talks about, he gets asked about uh same-sex marriages, and Brandon Flowers, I love how he po- goes back. Do Catholics perform same-sex marriages? Yeah. No, they do yeah. not. They do not. And they've and come out just recently, and right? Didn't they, you were just talking about the other night, how they've come out just recently, and Pope said, like, we're not changing. Correct. Period. And then, so I like, and then Brother Flowers says, I doubt our church will ever perform them. I doubt it. But I was always taught that everyone here on earth is my brother and my sister. So maybe from an outsider's perspective, it looks worse than it is. But we don't teach fire and brimstone. And I think mo- the recent news articles we talked about as far as the church saying, look, we're all brothers and sisters. And and Jay's moving his legs down that I told him before that he's not going to be up on the table the entire time. Sorry. Because you hear a lot of rustling. Sorry. <laughs> I have ADD and I have to move. Um, that's crazy, and I think it's super cool. I think we talked about this the other day. I know we weren't planning on talking about this, but it's just crazy. I think a lot of members right now in our time, I see a lot of friends that I looked up to even – one specifically when I joined the church. Um, she's a big influence in my, my conversion as far as she was in the home ward I joined, and this was just 12 years ago. She's under the illusion that, you know, the church is going to change. You know, people think this, this is going to change. Like, you know what I mean? This feminist movement, this, like, there we 
we the people it's like it's like in you know the country we the people the term, mm-hmm. the government they think we the people the church are going to depend on God's laws like if we if we voice our opinion enough women will hold the priesthood if we voice our opinion enough same sex marriages will be approved if we you know when I was in my drug addiction you better believe I thought, well, hey, man, drugs need to be, like, totally, like, approved. Like, you know what I mean? See, so it's, it's just so interesting. You, you really thought the word of wisdom would be modified? Yes. So, did yeah. You? yeah, I thought okay. it was a joke. I, I mean, some of it, which is crazy because when I joined the church, I immediately saw blessings from stopping all those things. And oh, I used to run around telling everyone, all my friends, but my when family. when you were using. You when I was using and in my addiction, meaning I was in the world, because I don't think these people are same sex. Not all of them or not all of them, but a lot of them are in that mindset, Influence. maybe they have a loved one, or in, so they're being influenced by the world, mm-hmm. and they think that their voice is going to change God's voice. I'm sorry if you're listening, if this offends you, rubs you the wrong way, but reality is, that's why we started this podcast, to defend what we believe is true in the church, and you'll never hear us talk about things that, you heard me maybe on another podcast, if I don't get it yet, I'll say it, I'll admit it, I'm not going to say I have a testimony of something I don't have anymore, because I don't need to, you know, like, a, I don't need to impress anyone, but this is one thing I have realized recently, that God's laws are God's laws, and um, we can we cannot understand them. That's totally fine, and you can develop over time with a testimony, just like I or and many people do. But don't go out sitting there thinking your voice is going to change God's laws. That's all I have to say about that. Nevertheless, so that's cool, with not, Brother Flowers. I, I, well, maybe we'll try to get Brother Flowers on the podcast. That would be amazing. Brother Flowers, do you want to be on yeah, this hit, podcast? Go ahead and uh, email me. Uh, Brandon, and let right? Us know. Brandon, you know how to Brandon, get all of us. Brandon, if you're listening. Love your albums. <laughs> Go oh. Killers. Go yes. Killers. Get okay, on, last article. Uh, okay. Utah mother, this is in the Deseret News. Utah mother, I am now and will forever be grateful that I was diagnosed with cancer. And there's a picture of her uh, with no hair on there. And a uh, great article about, and she says, without a shadow of that, I can tell you I am now and will be ever grateful that I was diagnosed with cancer. Oh. And and what that, what that reminded me of is how often I hear in our ARP meetings, People bear testimony of they're grateful that they're an addict, yeah. and that uh, that I didn't understand that for a long time. Yeah. So, are you grateful you're an addict? Jason? Yeah, it's why? crazy you said because like I I wasn't grateful in the beginning either. Like I mean I was like why me? Why do I have these challenges? Why do I? Why have I found myself, you know, clinging to things of the world? Why do I look for a high over just God's high that I claims I'll get if I keep the commandments? You know what I mean? Why do I seek for outside substances to make me feel whole and complete? But now that I've been removed from it for so long, as far as like I really feel like the desire we're talking about tonight, the desire to use drugs and alcohol, the impulses are gone. And that's an amazing thing. That doesn't mean all my other weaknesses are gone. But I believe that just like those things were taken away, or sorry, the, the desire to use drugs and alcohol was taken away, so will it be away. So what I'm trying to get at is I can see where she's that way because I'm that way too now. Like, not even in a self-righteous way, oh, I get to help people, I get to talk to this, that, and the other. I mean, those are pluses, but reality is because my life is good. Plain and simple, if I look at my life, it's so much is good in my life right now. How about this? I'll read what she says here. Tell me if you can relate to this. This experience has changed me, and oh, it's changed me for the better. It has opened my eyes to much more good around me. So, to so many loving earthly angels that our Father in Heaven has sent to protect me, to lift me when I literally could not stand on my own two feet. I know with every ounce of my body that our Heavenly Father has a plan for each of us. He knows what He's doing. He knew how this trial would shape me and change me in the way that nothing else could. What about you, Lexi? Your spouse is an addict. Yeah. Are you grateful now that 
Um, I could the same thing that Jay says. I will say that now. I just got done talking to somebody who's in the very beginning stages of all this, and at the time when you're in that, it sucks, and you're just like, why is this happening to me? And it's not fun. But now having gone through it, I've said this in meetings before that at one point I remember thinking to myself in the depths of like the worst part of our marriage when things were just so chaotic. If this would help one person, then I was glad that it happened. And I can honestly say that I am glad because like Jay said, we have tools that we would have never had before had he not had this addiction. And we've been able to help uh, so many people because of the things that we went through that we can relate with other people and I think that's why we're all here so that we can bear one another burdens and that's why we well go I, I can say without a doubt that I know people are thankful for you guys going through this because you've helped so many people that there's no I mean that you uniquely touched and helped them to where they are today that who knows where they'd be without that. So you had to go through some pain. And that's what's great is other people did that before us. You and know, there like you go. Yeah. we went to those meetings and there was only a few people. So if you're in an area where your ARP meeting has two or three people, guess what? Go. Because you will be there for the other newcomer eventually. And once you get through your trial where it says she couldn't even stand on her own two feet, well, guess what? When I was kicking all the drugs and pills I was taking, I couldn't stand on my own two feet. I was sick to my stomach. I could barely function. And it was hell. It was hell on earth for a long time, but it's not hell on earth anymore. And I can stand on my own two feet. And when someone else walks into that meeting for the first time, it's amazing to be that same person that was like others were for me when I came four years ago when I was trying to repair my life. So go support your local ARP meeting. How would you find out where an ARP meeting is? You would go to the church website, which you are gonna say the name of it. Because you don't remember? No. ARP.LDS.org. <laughs> there it is. You can type in your address or zip code. It'll pull up a meeting, a local meeting for you. Yep. And if you are listening to this and there isn't one where you are. There's virtual ones, right? There's virtual ones. If you need a sponsor, you can go to ARPsupport.org. That's this, awesome. I didn't know that. This is, uh, that. I, I believe he's in a, a, some guy in Arizona that just started this up, just kind of like we're doing this to go help people. And I know people that have had great help with that they've you got a program. sponsors up right they line up sponsors yeah for any addiction so over the internet and phone mm -hmm. that's amazing so you know there's people in the kingdom all over the world vietnam uh, all over the world that are that are really embracing and this is you know just living the gospel and, and reaching out one soul at a time and that's what's so great about being ha having a little bit of yeah a little what, bit of taste of one it. thing on that too is like there's no excuses there's a lot of people that are like it, just like I was and Lexi was at the in the beginning of your trial, if you're just going through this for the first time, or you just found out your loved one is an addict, or you're yourself as an addict and you want help, there's a lot of excuses that come to your mind, and there's a lot of reasons why we justify not going to meetings or we justify not reaching out. But we just found out that there is a way that you can get help if you want to get help. And if you do that, you'll be just like this lady in this article who has cancer, and yet she's grateful she has it. I'm an addict, and I don't. I don't get down on myself because of it, period. Well, awesome. Well, that is our news for this week. We are going to hear Jay share on step seven, and then we have an Ask the Addict with Xander is at the end of this. Yeah. So My uh, buddy who took me to my first meeting. He, yep, so that's neat. So we, we uh, asked both of you guys on that at the end of the meeting. So 
this is going to come out right around Thanksgiving. So if you're listening to this on your drive, hopefully you're driving safely. Yes, and have and a happy Thanksgiving. Have a happy Thanksgiving. And happy Thanksgiving. And drive safely. And Thanks for having me on this news. What is it, what is this session? You're this weekend here a lot lately. Okay. Well, a oh, little oh, too oh, little oh. too chatty, Lexi. Uh, Hopefully you're supposed to fill back. in a little bit, but not oh, like take sorry. over the whole thing. Sorry. You're a fill in, not a co-host. Okay. <laughs> Typical. When wife. am I gonna be a co-host, Brad? <laughs> oh, okay. Codependent uh, is one thing. You know, All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, signing out for the week. My name is Brad. And I'm Jay Manatic. And I'm Lexi, Get Jay's wife. All right. <laughs> I'm Jay Manatic. <clears throat> Grateful to be here. Um, Step seven, I feel like it's a step that okay, this last week, uh, I think it was on Thursday night, but the step I feel like is a step that you, as an addict, for at least like I am, if you're like me, um, never stop working the step. I feel like it's the nature of my disease, is my ego, and my lack of ability to, to remember that life's here, like, it's not just life's term, it's God's terms. And sometimes when you think, like, if you just, like, there's a saying in here, and it's like, accept life on life's, uh, in AA on life's term, like, to be able to accept life for what it is. But I love the gospel sense of it, where you're like, no, this is God's terms. Like, and he put us here, and he put us here for our challenges, and he's the one who gave us our weaknesses. And that makes a big difference. Like, when I used to think that I just had weaknesses, I was born that way, I was like, oh, well, I have a defect, right? Like, there's something wrong with me. Like, there's something broken in me, or this is not the way it's supposed to be, that meaning implying that other people don't have that or better, right? And that's part of my self-imposed isolation, which kept me going in my disease, whatever that may have been, um, because it just shifted always. It, didn't, it wasn't just drugs. It wasn't just alcohol. It wasn't just pornography, gambling. It, it had been different things at different points in my life. And um, But humility, um, at first, it's like step one is, is like getting honest, but it's also, that's part of, it's also part of being humble. And, but then you're like, the beginning, you first work on the problem, which is usually the drug, the alcohol, the sex, the gamut, whatever it is that you're here for, um, pornography, um, and that's stopping that. So you're humble enough to like say, okay, even though I kind of, I, I, this is my solution, I don't want this to be my solution. I'm going to try your solution. I'm going to come to these meetings, or a bishop tells you to, or your wife, or your friend, or someone tells you to come. So you come, right? Very few of us actually come in here because we want to, like, right? And um, and if you are, then you're. Uh, Occurred because your level of humility is a little bit greater. And the greatest part about all this is what I'm getting at is the more steps you do um, with a sponsor, you you're, you deepen that humility. And um, in the beginning, uh, I only came and I thought drugs were my problem. I thought substances were my problem. Um, I didn't think that the way I dealt with life was a problem. You know, I just thought if I just stopped doing drugs, and immediately my life will just get better. So if I'm sober-minded, I'm clear-headed, then good. Life is good. My wife's going to love me. I'm going to be a great dad and do all these things. But I quickly learned after my first year of sobriety, we had our second child. We were finally out on our own again. Like we had been living with family while we were kind of repairing our family. So my aunt and uncle took us in. So we had little bills. But then we finally went out and I had bills. I had a new job, new career. I had a new baby. And like I had all these things that are normal things in life. But for the majority of my life, I had been relying on a substance to get through life and to help numb the pain of anxiety, stress, my pride, my ego that would um, take me away from the Lord's spirit. And so after, after a year, I, th I thought I got rid of the problem. I'd stopped using. So I, life should just be good. But I had tons of anxiety all the time, all the time. It felt like I was um, partially because I hadn't done the steps. But for the most part, it, like, it felt like I was underwater almost every day, and I'm just trying to get a breath. Like, from the minute I'd wake up to the minute I'd go to bed, and that's a hard way to live. 
especially when you used to drink or do drugs because that would or pornography or whatever because that would relieve that relieves stress for a moment you know it doesn't last why you do it over and over again right um, so I quickly had to f find a solution lost a person in the San Clemente meeting a young girl overdosed and uh, something about that situation even though I barely knew her I saw her for three months straight and I remember she was sitting across like where Greg is at Thursday night meeting and I'd always had that view of her and She's working the program. I thought, like, and she was doing good. She had 70-something days, and then she relapsed and died. And something about that, I, I had closer people in my life die from drugs, but something about that, for whatever reason, just, I think it was her parents showing up that very next week to tell us. Like, and I, I'd already heard through the meeting, but just to see her mom just, like, devastated. Uh, I was like, man, like, I have kids. Like, I have people in my life. Like, I need to... It says right here, I no longer was, no longer were we, this is, sums up how I felt when that happened. No longer were we satisfied with a change of habit or even in lifestyle. I say, well, why, though? Like, the world says, change your habits. There's books about how seven, you know, effective habits of seven, whatever, effective people. I'm like, butchering, what is it? What is it? Seven habits of habits. Okay, right? Well, so all you got to do is change your habits. Your life's going to be good, right? I changed a major habit in my life that was killing me, but I still had tons of anxiety, and it, but this said that was no longer was it enough. And then it said, we were finally ready to have God change our very nature. This has been a, bro a process for me. That moment started that process of step seven. I wasn't on step seven, but it started the process of, of having God change my nature. I'm still in that process. I'm getting my four-year chip in December, and it's taken, you know, completing the steps, redoing, like, you know, the maintenance steps, going back to step seven constantly this year has been a big step seven for me, is re reminding myself how I got to where I am, reminding who's in charge, that life's going to always show up, but if I just focus on changing, like, the outward things, like habits and little things like that, that's really good, and there's a lot of good things that come from that. I got really healthy this year. There's a lot of good things about this year. But you know what? Like, I cut out some things in my diet, and I felt really good for a while. But it's not enough. You see, because we're spiritual people, right? We had uh, Xander say, uh, uh, based upon our what? Our spiritual, what would you say in your prayer? Decree based upon our spiritual There you go. Spiritual condition. So you can change the habits all day long. But we all know what it's like to still have the isolation and the anxiety just by, it's not enough. And if you're there and you're still wondering, like, well, I've done the steps, but I still don't feel 100%, dig deeper into this step. This step will change your life. Because it's, it's, it's something that is never ending. I mean, and if it ends for you, great. That's awesome. But for me, it's been so far never anything, and I'm grateful for that. Because I would have been lost this year if I didn't have these steps to finally find my way back. And there's another uh, part in here and in, in the book where it talks about God will patiently, patiently wait, basically, for your, for your efforts. On, I think it was in step six. For you to stop doing it on your own. And he'll come in, and he'll take care of the rest. Um... If I went to court today, most of you guys know I had this, I had this uh, gun charge that was a big deal. I got arrested of like four or five months ago for selling these replica watches that I had and I was getting rid of, and I happened to have my wife's gun in the car because that's what we do. We carry a gun, we shoot, we go to the shooting range all the time, and it, was, it wasn't stored properly, okay? It wasn't locked up the way it was supposed to. Now, is that a big deal if you never get pulled over? Of course not. I was like, I'll never have my car searched. I don't do drugs, I don't drink, like, I don't break the law, like, I'm fine. Like, you, you get a traffic ticket, they're not going to search your car. That's how I lived for the last however many years. And, uh, but I was in a situation, didn't realize it was an illegal situation, 
And uh, my car got searched. They found a, a, a gun and, in there, and which was legally owned and everything. It was a big deal. I got taken to jail. 15, 17 hours, wife, big chaos, Santa Ana jail, worst place ever I've ever been in my life. Like, never want to step foot in there again. And, uh, and uh, it's been a process it was back in July, so four months of dealing with court, going back and forth, right? Trying to, this could affect my permanent record. I can have to sell my gun, like all these things that I enjoy in my life, family, tradition, hunting, like all these things I'm thinking is just going to be taken away from me. And uh, I finally, after four months, um, by the help of many others, writing um, character reference sheets, the references for me, and taking them in there and putting together a packet for the DA to feel comfortable with making a deal with me to hopefully get this off, it happened. And uh, I felt this immediate relief, because I thought I was going to have this felony like charge or what it was going to be like. I didn't know. I was like, am I going to have to get a lawyer? That's 10 grand, 20 grand. This big old challenge, right? I've been facing for four months, and I just had to be patient. I had to be patient. And then... He goes, we're going to wipe the gun charge 100%. We've read your references. You look great. We obviously, there's a misunderstanding. However, we want you to plead guilty for X, Y, and Z, which is not technically what happened. If I had a lawyer, I probably could fight that too. And of course, dude, here's the ego in me. Like, here's the addict in me. I just had the biggest relief. It was like someone literally took a boot off of my chest when he said that. He was dropping the gun charge. I'm like, oh, like, that's all I wanted. Like, that's all I wanted. But then there was something in me that was like, well, I still, I don't want to, you know, I want, I want more. It's not what I, that's not exactly what I wanted. I have to go to a six-hour course, pay $300, like, you know, which is fine. I didn't have any probation. Like, I have, I'm not being convicted. That'll be expunged. I'll have a clean record. But you see what I'm saying? This disease is intense, and it's, it's there. And I can pretend like that didn't happen, or I can identify with it tonight. And then hopefully I'll never have to think about it again, right? Because, see, when I don't identify with my moments of pride, the opposite of humility, it continues throughout my life, and it plagues me. And it'll show up and continue to show up until I eventually stop praying, I stop reading, I stop caring about God's will, and I stop like I did this whole year. I had a ch very big challenge. I found myself a few months ago struggling to have even the slightest bit of the spirit in my life because of little things like that, not like going to jail, but like little things like where I let my pride build, right? And I didn't have humility. And so I'm grateful because I get to come here tonight I get to identify with something like that and go, that's not what I want. It's God's will. That was an answer to got many people's prayers today, including my own. And I'm grateful for that. And I'm grateful for these steps because I can be humble in times like this. And I can uh, see God's will. Like, you don't break the law, you don't get in trouble, period. Like, you know what I mean? I'm not above the law. But my disease has always told me that. With every rule you can think of since I was a kid, there's always something I can bend or break because I'm above that. Well, I'm not above God's laws. And I, heard, well, I was watching a movie, and I'll end on this, and it was talking about whatever, it was like it was just a preview, but some little line caught in the chaos of the preview where it said, whatever you put out there in this universe, you will come back to you. And I, you know, I don't know if that's God's, or if that's how it works or what, but I, all I know is whatever I fester on will always have an end. And, uh, but same with recovery. If I focus on these steps and things like humility and the principles of the gospel, it will come back to me, and life will work out. Always, because it always has when I do that. I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. amen.
the addict. All right. Hey, Xander. What's up, guys? <laughs> that was kind of weird. Yes, we're weird. You're our uh, interview for Ask the Addict today. How do you feel about that? I feel like I'm at like double Bishop's office. <laughs> um, except Don't my sweet pressure. November mustache. That's true. Is a little, like lowers the level down a little bit, doesn't it? For sure, it? for sure. Uh, Xander, you identify as a addict, drug addict, as a drug addict, an addict, but specific, yeah, drug addict. And, it, and in, in an ARP meeting, it's it's very different. Everybody identifies something different. It's self-identifying. Some people don't identify as an For addict. Sure. Some identify as a drug addict, alcoholic, drug addict, alcoholic. Right, right. Why do you say specifically I'm a drug addict? Well, me and Jay had this conversation the other day at lunch. Uh, I think. I think ARP is so cool in the fact that it's like a place for everybody. You can be in here uh, for food, for porn, for some people come for caffeine, for swearing. I mean, we have literally people in here for all, for all, all sorts of stuff. But I think one thing that's really, really important is to always remember like the most important person in the room is the newcomer. And so I just never want somebody, speaking for myself, if I would have came in here you know, trying to kick a bunch of opiates and uh, everyone went around and shared about their eating addictions or, or uh, trying to come off of caffeine. I would just wouldn't identify related. Right. And so for me, it's important to just whoever the newcomer is in the room, whatever they're here for, just to make sure they know like, Hey man, this is, is what your addiction is. Yeah. yeah. They're like, you know, I just want to make sure there's that someone they, out there like me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did you identify with someone the first couple meetings you went to that did something similar do you model that after or is that something that it was just in fact it's in a i kind of my first meetings were in aa okay and in aa they have like kind of really strict rules about that stuff so like for me i went to my first meeting i'm like i'm an addict and some old timer comes up to me afterwards he's like hey like you can't say that in this meeting like this is an aa meeting so anytime you someone talks about alcohol or you want to share about drugs use the term alcohol it's the same concept but this is the kind of rubric that we go to. 100% alcoholic, no right. reference to any other. So anytime issues. I went to an AA meeting, I was, hey, I'm Xander, I'm the alcoholic. Okay. And even though I talk about alcohol, I was really talking about okay. you know, my drug addiction. Okay. Yeah. So there, it's evolved into that. It didn't start out that way. That's how AA, yeah. hard, and probably different AA meetings because are different. Actually, I would, say, I would say, well, AA, it's it's, it's, it, it, AA was the original, right? But. But I would actually say the opposite. I would say it's evolved now where you could probably go into an AA meeting and say you're an addict and no one's going to come yeah, it's up not to you strict, afterwards. I guess a better way yeah, yeah, yeah. But back back in the day, like you, they, they use the term salty alcoholics, yeah. right? Like these are old, salty military been dudes. 30 years in, the, in that meeting. Right, been exactly. Yeah. So, Xander, when did you uh, tell us a little about yourself? Of I think it's interesting to find out you became a dry addict on your mission trip. Yeah. And I think that's probably shocking to a lot of people that that when you picture a drug addict, you picture either someone who's gone, you know, start experimenting and just one drug led to another, led to another, and now they're a drug addict, or you know, they're they're just dirty living know, under the freeway, living under the freeway yeah, drug yeah, addict. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're this missionary putting on a tag, and you, I, you figured out your or I. I figured out you're a drug addict on your mission. Yeah, yeah. So, so talk about I, that. I went on my mission, was called to uh, Taiwan to go serve a mission. Um, when I got to the MTC, you know, I was stoked to be on the mission. I worked hard to get out there, was worthy to go. 
and then um, like six weeks in, I just had like crazy stomach pain. I woke up one Sunday morning, and uh, they took me to the hospital, did some tests, or whatever, found out I had a hernia. And so they were like, hey, no big deal, you know, let's just do the repair. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's do the repair. And because uh, I still had like six weeks until I was leaving for Taiwan. So they did the sur- surgery like literally the next day or two days later. And then um, they put me on pain pills, you know, right, obviously. And then uh, like literally three weeks after I got the initial surgery, I woke up one morning and I had stomach fluid like all over my bed. Mm. And uh, it was just a bad infection. And so they put me on like, uh, you know, just infection medication and whatever. And then it was time for me to like either get cleared to go to Taiwan or like I was going to. Where, where was this at? This is all in the Provo MTC. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, so I go to my last checkup and the doctor's like, you're like really infected. Like, you know, you, you need to stay here. So they actually assigned me to the Provo mission, Utah Provo mission for it's going to be one or two transfers. And my first day, my companions pick me up. We're literally like it's P day. They're playing football. I'm just kind of sitting under a shady tree and I end up passing out. And uh, they rush me to the hospital and they cut me open right there. And like my white blood cell counts four times where it's supposed to be was super infected. So the they, wound itself was infected. Right, right. The, the, the surgery wound. And so long story short, they decided that like my body was rejecting the surgery. Mm. And so they just left the hole open in my stomach and they sent me home to California. Yeah, queasy there. It's <laughs> pretty gnarly. Let's not get into the details of it that. It was pretty gnarly. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, Let's so fast forward the, bo- the-, <laughs> the, bottom, the bottom line is that a lot of pain. They, they, they sent me home, you know, usually in surgery, they, you know, they close you up, but it's important. Yeah. They sent me home because wound. they had, they had the, you know, and my, he's now our stake president, but. He was just, you know, a family friend, old bishop at the time, was a surgeon. So every single day for six weeks, he would come over to my house, and he would change the he would change the dressing, mm. and he would call me before and he'd say, "Hey, I'm coming over, take a couple pain pills, you know, because it was like basically getting oh. surgery every single oh. time." Yeah. So that was like, you know, it was all 100% legit at that point, and then when you took those pain pills, yeah, uh, did it feel amazing? Was it? Like when Jay mentioned about when he first got that opiate pill, yeah, it was amazing. When I, I had a hernia surgery, double hernia, yeah, and I felt like crap. I'm like, this is the worst. Like I couldn't wait to no not have to take. There's no euphoric. I, yeah, yeah, I yeah. just felt like crap and I was constipated. For sure, for sure, did, euphoria. You did for okay, sure. So you remember? Yeah, that. I remember okay. even it being in the MTC. I remember being like, holy cow, like hitting my knees at night, saying my prayer, and being like, Heavenly Father, like. I, I should probably stop taking these things. And mm. I, and I did like I did until, you know, I was able to stop taking them for that last little bit until I came home with that hole. So you got it. a little sense that this is, this is this it. Is... Like I could, I could sense like, Hey, you okay. know, you probably like this a little bit more okay. than, than you should. Um, and so you're at home and you're getting these treatments. Right. Right. And you're and then, taking pills. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then on top of that, you just have coming home from a mission and like all the mental stuff that goes around yeah, that, the shame of yeah, yeah, judgment yeah. or feeling of exactly. Yeah. And so we come from an area very. It's important because we all live in the same area. We came from an area where there's a lot of the youth. I guess you'd say the singles youth, like going on a mission and just the singles war in general, is very tight knit and very. And there's a lot of successful, promising young men and women that are go out and women too specifically go out on missions, come home and you go right off to BYU, get married in the temple. There's just like a lot of. There's a path. There's a path. Yeah, it's it's it's. I think it's unique. Not everywhere is like that in the so, church. So you, so, so you're similar. You're similar to Jay. Where like, the the 
pills yeah. not only took away the physical pain, but also masked the emotional. It like it really. That I remember the first time I really kind of noticed that. Besides the euphoria, I was just at church and going to church was this like. I remember the first Sunday I would made sure I was there early so I could be at the sacrament table to like basically proclaim my worthiness. Like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm worthy to bless the sacrament. I'm not home. And it for come it. from mission because I didn't confess right. something before right. mission. It had nothing or... to do with any of that stuff. So like yeah. I tried to make that but still it's still I still just didn't feel we still have people. we have humans, right? Like right, sometimes yeah, yeah. the the big church as a whole gets a bad rap for a few people that are judgmental. There for are sure. judgmental people in no every question, church. No every, questions. No question. questions so yeah. There probably were people judging you. Yeah, yeah, guaranteed. And I right. was probably, not probably, like I was judging myself or I, I just, my feelings towards Heavenly Father at the time were just like, wait, wait a second. Like, how oh, could yeah. this happen to me? Like, because of your, because your yeah. preparation before was so intense. It's not like you just went out and like had one talk with your president and one talk with the bishop. No, it was. You a, were yeah. like working. Yeah, yeah. You, you earned that tag for sure no questions asked different for a lot of people yeah, yeah, don't, yeah. don't necessarily and you wanted that. to serve a mission it wasn't like the hey. honorable like sweet i didn't I don't, oh. have to, I don't have to serve a mission you wanted to serve a mission it was the it was there's no other way to put it other than like it was like the biggest letdown of my life yeah well what i what i i think what we want to zero in on is opiate addiction right is is i think sometimes you think of heroin or opiate like it's it's the the gutter drug or yeah. the rock star drug. Yeah. But this can affect, and it is affecting anyone at any stage of life. And For sure. you're a full-time missionary. You're a bishop. You're an elders court president. You're just a mom. A you're mom. just a mom. And, and you, and we go into, I've had a couple surgeries, a hernia surgery. And I remember getting the pain medication. And for me, like this, that was a horrible feeling having to take, I was pain. And the Tylenol didn't take the pain away, so I had to take these pain right. medications for a few days, but I couldn't wait to stop because I felt like crap. And what I think a lot of people don't understand is someone else, yeah. it's a it's a euphoric high. you have high. no idea that that's and I, you. And yeah, just like yeah. they don't understand us, like I literally don't understand you like at all. <laughs> <laughs> When you hear someone take like, a take like my, not happy. My, we just, me, me and my wife just had a baby and yeah. uh, she had a C-section and they gave her pain medicine afterwards and, and um, yeah, it was just like, I was just like, you know, I was kind of on edge, right? Like, I'm kind of like, you're like, how do you feel? Yeah, you know, you yeah. get kind of euphoric. Whatever. She's like, I'm okay. Like, I'm kind of tired. I'm like, like what's the matter with you? Like, they just gave you like the oxycodone. I'm like, come on, you should be feeling kind of good. And she's like, you know, we're just no big deal. So it's just. But that's the scary. That's the the weird to me. The weird, unique. You don't know who you are. Until. Is you don't know until that's the Russian roulette of drug. And I love that's why I love the word of wisdom. Is like, yeah. look, stay away from these things because you don't know, and it's better to be safe. And it could be, I mean, uh, narcotics are very strong, but it could be weed. It could be alcohol. It could be nicotine. Or not, like whatever, whatever these things is, yeah. are, those hooks are very different for everyone else. And I think sometimes we judge and like, well, it doesn't, it doesn't tempt me. Right, right, right. But you're not that person. I'm not yeah. you. And you don't know. And, and I think that it's important, you know, with the, the, I don't know, whatever the, the term is, that addiction is, is a, they've come out and it's said a it's, a, it's a disease. Like yeah. that's not no longer from just addicts. Like, Whoever the authority is has come out and said medical, that. Yeah, medical, medical board. Research, yeah. And so it's important to know, like, they say that you would, there's people that are predisposed with this this stuff, yeah. this addiction. And just so like you're, you're just not supposed to have cancer, like, you have more cells in your Right. Yeah, yeah, that's, we accept that. Like, yeah, yeah. My, my parents Women are getting their boobs chopped off because they're afraid that, like, they're more prominent what, to have what, breast what cancer. What church talk? <laughs> right, they're getting their boobs <laughs> chopped off. Hey, everyone in this church falls, if you're anything like my wife, who's a member of this church, 
she loves E News, and I'll tell you, it's like every time she's watching this, every time she's watching this craziness, everyone. Well, I'm not. I mean, what I can't talk about. Reality is, it, there's movie stars that are they're chopping their breasts for, for off preventative. You for mean. preventative, yeah. For what I'm saying is because they got pre-tested and they have yes. whatever gene Julie genomes. Did yes, yes. Angelina Jolie did that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. See? I'm not. I'm not in on the E news. So, so well, me neither. Trust me, but I have to be because I'm married to my wife. So. It's like I'm in you, on it. You'll read e-news, but you won't read the news articles <laughs> no, I send you for it's on TV. If you, if you could somehow put it into audio I'll form. I'll send you YouTube if, videos. If you send me YouTube, done. I'll okay. watch the whole thing. I'll probably watch it more than you, and I'll memorize it. Just the way I am. <laughs> but the point is, is like, so you're, but like the we, medical, we, we accept the predisposition of cancer, like, right. oh, my skin 100%. cancer or whatever, yeah. If he came over his mission saying he's got uh, testicular cancer, he's got X, Y, and Z cancer, whatever. Sympathy galore. Oh, my gosh. Everyone in that ward would be all just like we talked about when you come to church, we'd be swarming him. But when you got home from our mission, we probably were already a little insecure about it, right? Of course we were. But the biggest, wor the worst experience ever when I look back was coming home and not seeing people. You can feel something there that's not being said. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. That's that, that from your that's, authority. That not from only people you look up to. Yeah, your authority, but but just also in like my old leaders. You know what I mean? You, guys, like, guys who I were homies with. And uh, I know they love me. I know they care about me. But when we're talking, we're having a conversation. You can feel it. it. You can feel it. And it might even just be within yourself. But you can feel. It could be out of. They're just it could be. They it could know. be yourself. It could yeah. be unknown. Like, what do I say? They maybe right, right, know. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've had other friends. Yeah. So, so when I got home early, too, there were other friends that were coming home early, too. And I remember thinking the first person that came home, he's a younger guy and had an older brother served a full-time mission. When he came home, I remember in that same awkward situation, we're like, I want to be like. You know, like I want to ask him why, because I don't want him to go through the shame process that yeah. I led and Xander's talking about for, yeah. for years after that. And it led to a lot of other problems, you know. Well, so the. But the, you don't know how to approach it. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. So, so if, and I think where society today is, whether you have physical pain, you may be predispositioned to have that euphoria high from whatever, particularly narcotics. Right. Right. But if you compound the stresses of life on top of that. Yeah. That's the recipe for probably totally because I mean if, if Xander goes in from from there so he comes so so take us there so you come home yeah uh, you you're 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 getting that vibe you're picking it up where does it go from there you're picking you're sensing like you're this sensing might, that maybe some people I, are judging I like, maybe they're not oh, oh and okay. and you also I like realizing pill. the pills work oh that, yeah 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 as well they, as your pain they, it was just a, it was it was the answer it was the answer at the time because because of I. Felt I literally the only way I can describe it, and I, I hate saying it, is I just felt like Heavenly Father like basically forgot about me, and so I just didn't have another answer other than in this bottle, and uh, so it just went from like one percent, and I had a legitimate re, you know, so doctor, I had no problem getting the medication for like a handful of months, so next thing I know, I'd been on this stuff between the the six weeks of the changing the dressing and you know prescriptions afterwards. I'd probably been on it for three or four months, and at that point, I mean, I was, it was on. So, so it went past like, is there a point to where you know, like, I don't need this for pain? No, well, this and is, I, and I need it for the emotional, and it feels good. I don't think or, I, I, or, I, do I you can remember that line. Of I, where? I don't remember that line, and I can tell you why I know I don't remember that line because I dealt with this infection, and the, and part of this infection is I get like really hot and really uncomfortable. And so there was multiple times I would be going to the ER thinking that my infection had flared back up, but really I just had stopped taking pain medicine uh, and I was withdrawals. going through withdrawals and had no had idea because no okay. I didn't have any experience with it. 
Yeah. And so when I went to the hospital, they that's, they, that's the shame of medicine, to medical doctors today, not understanding. Right, yeah, right? yeah. Like not warning people of like, look, I'm giving you this pain medication. Because when I got it, I got like a huge thing. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, take two yeah. and three, no instructions. Like, hey, if you start to feel this, hey, you know, let's talk you might about have the an severity issue. of addiction. Yeah, like, and like it there's, is, a, there's a likelihood that you might become addicted to right. this. It's the biggest epidemic I've never been facing. told that. Yeah. Every time I've been prescribed it, right. never. As they've like given you a couple of ethos you, on your bottle too. Never. In fact, you've been, Jay, you've, I think you've shared where you've, you go to an oral dentist or something and like prescription. Yeah, well, I mean, they'll, they'll give it to you for anything. I mean, you can go to an urgent care and say, I would. And no one's ever asked if you I have got an addiction problem? No. The only Actually, way you can do. pop up, the only thing that they have now, state and federally, is a database that basically says when you got prescribed. Okay. And, and, and now, also, um, at some states or maybe federally, at the pharmacy, too. So it used to be just at the doctors in a few states. And then once that went down, now it's actually, they'll actually can see all the pharmacies that prescribe you. But that's it. So in, if you hadn't been called out by a doctor or it hadn't been written in your Which medical record. Which would never happen for either of you in either the of stages, No, no, right? no, no, not at that point. Yeah. So, so okay. go into there from there. So you, you want yeah, to go from yeah. there? Yeah, well, I want you to go there because I think it's important to show where, where this can lead. Progress. Okay, so so fast forward, I came home in the summer. Uh, my family, we do a Christmas tree lot every year. And I remember being at the Christmas tree lot and finally my doctor uh, was going to stop writing me prescriptions. And I remember being just like, what, what am I supposed to Right. Why did he say that? There was just no, no need. Worry. He's like, you're healed yeah, up. You're, you're healed yeah, up. Yeah, my, my wounded clothes. There's no okay. more changing of dress. And at this point, it's your solution, right? It's your, it's your, oh, it's your answer. And then now it's okay. the doctor saying no. Saying no, no, right? It's like everybody's like worst nightmare. Fine. So I remember, I can vividly remember this day. I'm walking in the back of the tree lot, and I, I had seen a buddy at a tire shop, like getting a tire change, and I was just like, hey. And there was a kid I knew in high school who was a pothead or whatever, and I was like, Hey, that can you can you can you find pain pain kill, killers you know and he's like yeah 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 you take my number <laughs> and I remember I'm back at the tree lot and I'm like you shouldn't make this call like don't make this call like this is you're gonna get into crossing and a line. you're crossing the line and I and I've had this same exact experience multiple times throughout my you know my story but I remember this one vividly like if you make this call like you're ta- you're going into like a new level like it's gonna be you know you open that door it's gonna be hard to come out. started picking up Norcos from him and then from there it turned into we were going up to watch BYU play UCLA up in Provo me and a buddy and we were trying to get some pills and uh, we didn't have the stuff you know we, we weren't into the, the heavy or that's not the right term but we were just into like the Vicodin and the Percocet and that stuff and we didn't have anything and my buddy was like you know he's like all I have is, is OxyContin is that a heavier drug than uh, yeah, yeah. Vicodin? Yeah, yeah, it's it's okay. like uh yeah, it's it would be like t- like ten Vicodin in, in in one pill, okay, or ten ten Percocet in one pill, and uh, and I my, I called my buddy up and I'm like yeah, this is all I can get. He's like, well, I guess like we'll just have to get that then, and I remember like like a, a dealer. What's that? The guy, this who, guy who's yeah, same guy that was just... getting me the the, the the that I called okay. yeah my but the buddy from high school okay, and so anyways we went on that trip and and um, it was on like Donkey Kong you know because. There's no Tylenol in that version of the drug, and so it's just quicker, it hits you way quicker, it hits you way harder. It's just like a whole nether. It's a whole nether level. And at this time, are you going to church? Are you active in church? Am I active in church? I'm showing up to church. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm showing up to church. But I think that's important because a lot of people think like, oh, 
like you you may be going to church with someone right now who's yes. full blown in the full stage of addiction and you have no idea. Yeah, and Xander when, was when, going every week. When you're yeah, I was, go, shirt and I was going shirt and and not only that, you're yeah. physically there is what you're saying. And at a calling, right? At one point, I mean. Yeah, yeah. I was just yeah. I mean, I was going to church. I mean, the thing through all this, no matter how I felt towards Heavenly Father, like my testimony never was quit. real, right? Mm -hmm. Like I knew the church was true. No matter what actions I took, like I couldn't change that. No matter whether my mission ended early or not, like the church was true. You were all in when it came to going to church. Uh, were you trying to reconcile uh, buying drugs from a drug dealer and taking these pills? Like at this yeah, point, they're internal? not they're not prescribed anymore. Right, right, right. So how did you reconcile that? Did Jay, Jay uh, by talks doing more drugs. <laughs> okay, so yeah, did yeah, you yeah. not? You didn't try to. Yeah, well, but I didn't mean, at this point, looking for more at, injuries, the, right? at this point, yeah, yeah, at this so, point. Yeah. At this point, I had like had some ecclesiastical leaders say some things to me that kind of rubbed me the wrong way, okay. and so I just kind of was like at this place where, like, to be honest, like, we're we're straight talk here. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, it, like there was times where I would like remember just like wanting to end my life. I didn't have the, the guts to do it, but I was just at a really low place. Felt okay. like God abandoned me. My church leaders. I had a church leader read off DNC fourth faith, charity, hope. You know, diligence, eye to the single glory. And he looks and he goes, you know, I don't see you holding these characteristics. And like, I just had come home from my mission. I had a hole in my stomach and I'm like, what yeah. the crap? What the hell are we here? Yeah. And so the, the only reason I bring that up is just like, I I was at a place where I was just kind of, I, I remember thinking I'm taking my power back. Like I'm not giving my life to God anymore. Like I'm going to do it on my own. Okay. So. Me too. So, yeah. So how quickly did this uh, ratchet up? So how many pills have you taken for someone who's listening that maybe yeah. put a perspective as far as only just like a, a few pill a day, a right couple now, a day? Where it can go. Yeah. I mean, you want, you, you want me just to, to fast forward to the end? Yeah, to the end. Like, where did you end up within, well, My, the, two years after your mission, three years after your mission? The, wor the worst it ever got to, um, I was doing 20 opana a day, more than 20 opana a day. Explain which, what opanas are. So opana, it's like three times. So one one for one milligram of oxycodone would be equal to like three milligrams of opana. So it's mixed between morphine and opium, right? It's 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 literally oxymorphone. Is opana? It's, it's the strongest drug that's that's supposed out there. to be prescribed only originally when it came out for what. Cancer, like brain cancer specifically, yeah. and like surgery in the for life. brain. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, you, your like life's dying. dying. Yeah, Let's in just... the movie, stab him like pure morphine, that type of stuff. But for surgery specifically with brain cancers, from what I've read. Yeah, and and, and you can get it now. I mean, you can get it like us. You have chronic pain, mild pain. So mm -hmm. so like just to kind of do like an equivalency, like you know, because it's I think it's important. It's like one of those pills. You know, you're you're looking at like 120 milligram equivalent of of, of uh, you know oxycodone yeah, yeah. and i was doing 20 a day so that puts me at at um you know an equivalent of of, of percocet yeah an equivalent of percocet it, it, it's astronomical and this is just so everyone knows this is in our in our in orange county but of course throughout the country the biggest epidemic that we have right now young kids are taking this drug opana and they're dying the first time they're taking it. Are you functioning when you're doing that much? Like, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's yeah, the thing that's different also between the addict, right? You take it, you're not functioning, you don't yeah, feel like, good. Yeah, I was a, I, I, in fact, in fact the only answer was to take it. I couldn't function without it. At right? that point. And that and I was I had just like a shady doctor I'd found cuz those things are literally I mean I, I think they're 40 to 80 bucks a pill. Wow. So that's I mean that's like a that's like a between a 8 and 1600 dollar habit depending mm -hmm. on how so I had a I had a shady doctor that was writing me a script. I paid him a couple hundred bucks, and he'd write me a script, and it would last. It was supposed to be 
you know, last moon month, it would last me for 10 days or whatever, and then I other drugs to get there and so i mean this is the epidemic that we're facing is and then kids will break this in half and it hits them harder and faster but it, that that time lapse was there because it's supposed to be gradually released throughout your throughout the 24-hour period or the four-hour period and kids are dying the first time they take it yeah first time and have been since that drug came out but you don't hear about that on the news you're just starting to hear about it because it's such an epidemic every 19 minutes actually in this country specifically opiate um overdoses are happening so, so uh, let's let's talk to about two different groups of people. So, if you're if you're taking copious amounts of drugs, whatever yeah. it is, yeah, um, what's the first advice you'd say for them? Like you you mentioned in your share uh, recently today about you guys both helping this guy who's an opiate addict. Yeah, what's what are you trying to get him to do? Well, when you're on. Oh, you, opiates! You're not kicking opiates. You're, you're not showing up to an ARP meeting. And right, stopping, right, 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 right. Like you. You, you can't just you medically detox. Say a prayer. You have to. You have to. You have to medically detox, and you need to get serious help. Like there, medical help. Medical help. This yeah. isn't a. This isn't a. You know, give a me psychological. A, get a priesthood blessing. I'm all for it. Yeah. But but this isn't something that that's you just, just going to read. You go and read some scriptures right. and pray about it's not gonna, it. Maybe not, have your. Which is a huge thing. That part of the reason why I was for the podcast, even though I thought crazy people were going to listen to us. <laughs> Let me mention that again. But it was because I think about how. Me- bishops, everyone, members in general, young men. I don't care if you're a leader of any sense or you're just an everyday member of the church. You need to know what this is because reality is it's a statistic show. You're going to have one and like, like two out of five in your family. And, you have, and your five people that you know, one out of one out of five or two out of five, that you know close people in your family or friends are going to deal with an opiate addiction or have because, taken them. Because they might have that addiction gene or whatever. Right, or the yeah, predisposition for it. And yeah, they're okay. being prescribed so freely. You, if you were to go everyone your, will get a prescription of it. Period. Right. Probably, right? You're going to go through a surgery. You're going to get a, you're gonna get the a wisdom teeth pulled to yeah. go on your mission. Mm-hmm. You're going to get whatever. Like, you're going to, you know, it's going to happen. And, but I think it's important to notice, too, or, or just to, to mention, because some people might say, oh, well, that guy's taking, you know, taking way more than, you know, I am right now so or whatever, so I'm good, right? But, like, the reality is, is that to, for me to, 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 to take 20 of those in a day, you know, up my nostrils, I was chasing the high of the first time I ever took a, a five milligram Vicodin pill. It the, the five milligram Vicodin pill hit me way harder because it was the first time. So I was always yeah. doing more and more and more to chase that dope. So don't think like, oh, I'm only using this. Yeah. And so, which is time. right. To be honest, me and Xander knew each other throughout this whole time. For people who are listening, you don't know me and Xander are good friends. And the whole time I was using, I wasn't using these heavier drugs. And so, but I was using a lower opiate um, drug as far as like on the scale of what's gnarly with the Tylenol. And I used to actually use that to judge. I was judging Xander, even though we were friends. I was, it was You're not help. as bad as Yeah, I'm not, not as bad. bad as I haven't gone that yeah. far, so I'm good. And I used to fight with Lexi about that, my wife, and, and, and as well as just internally in my battle, right? Yeah. Because you're as an addict, when you're at this level of what we're talking about, me and Xander, your full-blown justification. You have, your life is a lie. You know it's a lie. And well, you're constantly trying to justify. If you're, you you talked about when you were early on, just stop taking it. Like you went to the hospital because of withdrawals. You didn't even know. I didn't so, even know. So the so that's why the medical part is very key. Is like it's, oh, it's physically. Huge. Yeah. Huge. Well, the bottom if line got, is is even if you're not predisposed, that's not pre. You know, predisposed. Thank you. Yeah. To be a drug addict, if you take 
if you take painkillers for three weeks, yeah. you're gonna go through physical that's withdrawal. Yeah. That's, that's not. That's it has nothing. It's not a psychological. It's not an. It's not exactly. Your, your body is just physically addicted, and you're not gonna come off that and just you know go to work the next day. Like you're gonna. And it seems that you compound stressful life if you've got a mom with a bunch of kids life. at home. Yeah. You got jobs, like whatever it is Maybe on top of that. Missionary who's trying to fit in yeah. the singles ward. Yeah. Yeah. Luke who served a full time mission. It doesn't matter. Yeah, life's stressful. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so then what about uh, to that that guy or girl that's they're just like they're that early stage of like wow that felt pretty good yeah like uh, that felt good maybe I'll take another one yeah 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 that yeah, first yeah. line you go well I I, I mean, think I think the but at the same time reconcile like my doctor gave this to me because sure. I have a pain I you know and I can see that be very hard to like. This feels really good, but am I really in pain? Do I really need this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that line, I honestly think once it gets into your system, you really can't even rationally draw that line. Okay. I would say you can just identify. Yeah, it yeah. And 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 to the pain factor, like, like I, I mean, I guarantee you, all three of us are sitting here with some sort of physical pain or whatever. I got I got bolts in my neck from a, a an injury, and so I'm sitting here in pain. And and but that doesn't mean I got to go out and kill dudes to deal with it. So I, I guess my answer is, and this is just having, you know, experiences that in, in recovery, they talk about playing the tape through and playing the tape through is saying, hey, yeah, I might feel euphoric right now. But if you got 30 or 60 pills in a bottle, just play the tape through to taking that last pill. And there's mm-hmm. no more refills. There's you can't find pills, What you know, and that's how kids end up on heroin is because. They have nowhere Cheap. else. To... I mean, you're probably spending a ton of money, and heroin's way cheaper. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So... I just was way above heroin, right? Until yeah. I ran out of pills and had to come down. Yeah. Um, and it's no longer a dirty drug. When I when I went and spoke at the high school uh, pretty recently on Red Ribbon Week, uh, I had the, the whole entire school uh, in Laguna Beach High School raise their hand about who if they knew someone in their close friends or family that had tried heroin. Every single hand went up. Every hand. I mean, almost. I mean, shocking. maybe there was three or four in that, in the two assemblies out of the eleven hundred or twelve hundred wow. kids. That's I'm sure. South Orange County. That that the parents of this generation have no clue. Like, yeah. Heroin they is. They the, don't until their kid comes home and there is is like the word like it's where the, pot, guy, the homeless pot, guy. Pot, pot was. You know it's what I mean? Where pot like, was yeah. ten years ago. It's like literally yeah. where like the kids are going to parties and doing heroin. Like that it's to the me cool is, thing. is crazy. Yeah. And it's not just injecting, smoking it, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. pills. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's all of it. In my opinion, with the legalization of marijuana, it's very easy to drop some oh, yeah. some heroin within a within a bowl. Yeah. And when you're just at a party smoking, let's try this. Right, this. right, and right. That high is a very different high. Yeah. Scary. Yeah. Xander, um, anything last to add? Where are you at today? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah How many yeah, years yeah. sober, Jen? Yeah, it's good, coming up on four years, December 12th. And, uh, you know, Working the ARP steps and working the program, like life changing. You still go to AA meetings? Uh, not as I used to go to like Jay will tell you I used to go to like three AA a meetings a day. Okay. And in my first year, I mean, I, that was just where my disease was. I needed, I really needed, like, you know, I was just trying to get through hours and hours each day, not even like trying to get time. through it out. Yeah, 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 one yeah. hour at a time. Right, right. And so it'd be like, oh, okay, I, you know, I sat in this meeting for an hour and a half. I'd go to the gym and then I'd go back to the to, to another meeting or whatever. But uh, and I think a lot of people don't realize that. Like they see you now, right? And I realize it's literally hour to hour. Can I make it to the next hour to the next meeting? Right, 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 right. Dude, it takes serious commitment. It's like your drug addiction takes commitment, right? To go to the shady doctor. Oh yeah. You put that in. I watched Xander put that in his recovery. 
Xander, like I've said before, I had a buddy who took me to my first ARP meeting. That was Xander. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. It's insane. But where I'm at today, life's good. Um, you know, now me and Jay work real close together, trying to help other people who, you know, are in the same boat that, that we once were. And uh, I'm married, you know, have a kid and you know, got a good job. All these things are just blessings from recovery. It doesn't mean that that I don't still have issues and that life doesn't still show up, but I now have the tools to deal with them without having to do drugs. So. That's awesome. Well, I think it's wonderful that you uh, break anonymity and share your story with people. Yeah. Um, I think that's courageous, and and I hope that the reception across the board is positive towards you. Do you, do you feel it's positive? I think the fear is people are going to judge you and say, Oh, yeah, I don't, yeah. Do you I think at this point in our life, we you yeah, have survived that. a war that it's like. Yeah, and I and, and, and if I, someone's gonna judge you, who cares? That's all. Yeah, and I and here. I and I've said it before. It's like I feel like I shouldn't be walking on this earth, and that's not you know that's me being one hundred percent sincere. And so, I feel like that like the only reason I'm here, and 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 if we're on an LDS podcast, like my patriarchal blessing before I went on my mission, it talked about that living the word of wisdom would become easy for me. I didn't have issues with the word of wisdom before my mission. And so I remember hearing would that. become in a lot yeah, of yeah, yeah yeah and I remember I remember hearing that and being like okay like what like am I like going <laughs> to stop eating as many cheeseburgers like what <laughs> like, what, is, what does it mean right and um, so now looking back at it, like I know for a fact that like this is this is my mission this is what Heavenly Father had yeah. in plan for me the whole time and so if someone wants to judge me for my story or whatever like you know that's that's their prerogative oh, yeah well I've been able to share the gospel way a lot through ARP talking about recovery and 12 steps. I can break down doors and talk to any religion, whatever. Because it's an epidemic. Because, because it's an epidemic and it's great. I, I love it. So that's what I lead with sharing the gospel with talking about this. Absolutely. Um, so Xander, thank you. Yeah, um, thanks for having me. We'll have you, you back another man, time. Dude. Love you. Jay, any last words for today? Just, just grateful to be uh, friends with you, Xander, and grateful that you, you brought me to my first meeting. Xander had to listen to all my excuses and justifications how I wasn't a drug addict for many, many, many moons. And luckily, he didn't. He didn't. He he saw through my BS. He dr- he took me to my first meeting, and uh, it changed my life. So I'm grateful for you. Grateful for you, man. Thanks for, for coming on here. Yeah. Okay. Till the next time. My name is Brad, and I'm Jay Lenatic. Gospel.